0: Episode fifty eight of the Thunder Underground podcast is here. I'm Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. What's going on? I don't know. As you can tell, my voice is a little out of it, and yours is too. We're both kind of under the weather, so to speak, with the the head crap.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, I've seen better days. Yeah. You know, uh, this is one of the worst fucking days I've ever had in my life. Did you
0: just reference Citizen King?
1: Remember that uh, band? maybe I did. From the
0: nineties. I've seen better days. What about what about anyway.
1: Citizen Dick from singles? Oh well, that's better. Yeah. Anyways. Uh and you know, as Bob Marley says, once the music hits, you feel no pain. <laughs> uh dealt a lot of dumb shit today. So let's get into this and get in a better mood. How about it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you hear some sniffs and some coughs, bear with us. We're sorry. That's right. Um This week, our guest is Chad Malone. We've got a great, like an hour-long interview here with him. Really cool guy. Had a lot of cool stuff to say. Chad's currently in the band Senior Fellows, who is leaving on tour tomorrow, if you're listening to this today, when it comes out. They're playing Lawrence, Kansas, Friday night, which is a great, I've seen shows there, it's a great town, fun town to hang out in, Uh, University of Kansas town, like 30 minutes I think, uh, west of Casey, fun place, and then they're doing a 10-city tour, starting then, going to Chicago, Cincinnati, Philly, New York City, Harrisonburg, Virginia, Raleigh, North Carolina, Nashville, and finishing up in Fayetteville, Arkansas on May 7th, just like straight through 10 days of shows, or nine days, I guess that is.
1: Yeah, Warriors.
0: Yeah, so glad to see these guys getting out there, and Representing the state of Oklahoma. They've got a kick ass metal sound and we're gonna play some for you here in a minute. Yeah. So he's also in you might if you're if you've been around this area for a long time, you'll remember Brother Inferior and the kids who never learned to color inside the lines. Both those are nineties Tulsa bands, and well the kids are still around today, which I found out in the interview. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Both those punk style bands and uh, Concept and Nonsense is another band he's in in the nineties. Currently, he's also in Larkin, uh, and he's also in The Shame. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something. This guy does it all.
1: Yeah, he does, and he knows it all. Very knowledgeable. Uh, I really like Larkin. Uh, You know, when he had mentioned that, I I remembered that. You know, from you know years past. And I, but I never. I just, you know, I I didn't want to interrupt the the flow of conversation, uh. <clears throat> and I listened to uh, you know, the record he gave us. Um, it was really cool. If you like uh, the Pogues and Shane McGowan and Flogging Molly, you, you'll love Larkin. Uh The Shame is, you know, just badass punk rock. I mean, gang vocals. Uh, you know, songs about, you know, beer and football and it's just great stuff uh i felt uh it was quite a privilege to sit down and talk with chad uh he's been around for a while he knows a lot he's seen a lot he's been all over the world and he had a great view on stuff and uh and he was super cool and uh it was just uh one of those uh one of the really special ones and um we've you know everyone we're fortunate you know everyone that we've had on here has been really cool and this one's no different
0: definitely let's get into this senior fellows song then this song's called doctrine contrary to the established faith and it's from their album shallow grave for a dying god Once again, that was doctrine contrary to the established faith. That's from the album "Shallow Grave for a Dying God," and they've got some kick-ass song titles on this thing. (laughs) Yeah, they do. I mean,
1: uh, you know, they're descriptive and long. Yeah, uh, and that's you know one of the cool things. Uh, The song is uh, just—it's just scary. It's screaming. It's sludgy. It's caustic. Uh, You know, I love it, and it's uh, got—you know—it gets up, but it's also—you know—we're all organic. So, uh, you know, I hope you guys dug it.
0: Yeah, I like that word, caustic. Um, there's some killer guitar riff in here, you know, that's reminiscent to me of like Pepper Keenan or Kirk Winstein, where it's real dirty, yeah. you know, but it's still, you know, just extremely catchy as well. You know, they might not like the word catchy, but it's not, <laughs> not in the sense that a pop song is, obviously, but it's just, it's a badass riff that gets in your head and... You know, those vocals are intense. And this, yeah, this whole album is great. I've checked it out. And you can, I know you, they sell it on vinyl, cassette, and everything. I know they sell that at Holy Mountain. Get over there and check that out if you're into this. Yeah. They're on, of course, Facebook, Bandcamp, Reverb Nation, all your standard stuff. And you can buy it, obviously, online at your standard retail style places. That's right. That's right. But yeah, um, what would you say? I think you mentioned that in the vocals had a real neurosis vibe, which I thought was cool. I, I'd, I'd listened to Neurosis and Forever, and then you yeah. mentioned that, and it, I, I, I
1: really got a neurosis vibe from a lot of it. Um, you know, I like the, uh, I like kind of their message and their lyrical lyrical content. You know, the uh, anti uh, religion, anti organized religion, just kind of against the establishment, which is something that you know is near and dear to me. Uh, you know, it's an idea that no matter what you really believe, uh, you know, it's the idea of doing your own thing is something we can all get behind. Uh, so I really, really enjoy this band and uh, I'm, you know, I hate to say it, but I haven't seen them live yet and yeah. uh, I hope to remedy that really soon.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like we mentioned earlier, he's also got the band, the shame and Let's just you want to just get into this song as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is great.
0: Yeah, this song's called Blacked Out on Cherry Street. Back down on Cherry Street from the Shame out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is kind of tailor-made for you, right? Oh, yeah. I love
1: this stuff. Yeah. This stuff is just, you know, it's short to the point. It's, you know, just straight up punk rock. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that just makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, makes me want to shake my fist and crack open a beer. Uh, and, and I really, really love, you know, if you look this stuff up on YouTube, they, they got videos where they're in Tulsa and they're showing off Tulsa landmarks and you know Victory '83. They've got pictures of you know the Roughnecks back you know when we were kids and I just really love that they're 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 showcasing the best parts of Tulsa and they're they're repping that kind of thing because I I think that's really important and uh, I really kind of fell in love with that aspect of this band uh, you know on top of the killer tunes um, so uh, you know again. Uh, just great to play these guys. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to get some more punk stuff on here. Many episodes back, we had Lenny Lashley, who's now a member of the Street Dogs, and this really has that same kind of vibe to me. Mm -hmm. Just that good time punk.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And of course... Cherry Street's an easy place that you could get blacked out on.
1: Definitely. I, I did once, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got kicked out of, I can't even remember where it was.
0: It's probably closed now.
1: Uh, yeah, probably. And, <laughs> it's um, been that long. and my friends threw me in a van and just let me sleep it off. And <laughs> I woke up in the morning with the hot sun beating down and uh, I was blacked out on Cherry Street, so uh, yeah. I mean, so
0: this holds a special place I mean, in your heart. Yeah, you got to fucking love it. Yeah. all right. Like you mentioned earlier, they've got several videos on YouTube for some of their songs. They've also got several live videos of The Shame. All cool stuff. Tulsa Boys is another cool song. Yeah,
1: I love that song.
0: And just look them up. They're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com backslash oy The Shame. That's O-I The Shame. Pretty easy to find. Like we mentioned as well. He's also in Brother Inferior. These guys have traveled the world, and he talks about that here coming up. The kids who never learned to color inside the lines. And currently, like you mentioned, Larkin. And he was cool enough to, to give us their newest vinyl. So, very cool to grab that. And thanks again to Chad for that. Oh, definitely. Well, I say it's just time to get right into this, right? Definitely.
2: Nine shows in nine days.
0: Okay, so is this like a something that had been on your mind for a while, or is this something that someone else suggested <laughs> or how did they...
2: Well, the senior the senior fellows is a much different approach for me, for band wise, because normally I'm the guy that does all the booking. I handle just most of the inner workings within the band. Senior fellows is James's project. Um, he had different singers before me. I, at first, I was just a r- writer. I was just writing lyrics, and then they lost their other singer, and uh, I ended up just taking over. And it's still pretty much James is So he's been he's been planning tour, and we're playing. We're doing another tour in October, I believe, for the Southwest Terror Fest, which looks amazing. You know, uh, the Gorefork Nosebees playing, Infest is playing, Pig Destroyers playing that would be pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> we're playing on like, Thursday night, but this tour, I think he's been planning for a while. He's been wanting to do more, go out east, I and mean, we did previous tours with Bring Down the Hammer and did a bit because James and I were in that band as well. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I mean, with any kind of tour, you got to plan way in advance anyway. You know, you can't you can't just do next week, in fact because I'm so used to before the internet days, you had to plan six months in advance. You know, because you're sending out letters and making phone calls. Have your notebook full of shit and all that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. It'll be pretty exciting.
0: So these are all headline gigs? Are you guys teaming up? To I believe
2: way, so. James, for the first time, went through a booking, I don't, I don't know if I call it booking agent, maybe that's the right word. But yeah, these are all our shows. We're not touring with anybody. Um, I don't even know who the other bands are and most of them. Uh, I know specifically we asked to play with certain bands, like we asked for La Armada in Chicago, but I don't think they're going to be playing. Plus, they're more of a hardcore band. We played some shows with them and Bring Down the Hammer. And, uh, and I really liked them a lot, but uh, I think they're a Dominican Republic band. that was in Chicago. Anyhow, um, so yeah, no specifics. Just go and play and see what, see what happens.
1: Yeah. Are there any cities you haven't been to or that you're looking forward to hitting?
2: Looking forward to hitting, pretty much. I just enjoy playing. Yeah. You know, Uh, wherever we're going, the senior fellows, I really don't know where all they've played. I mean, I've only done regional stuff with them. Um, Me, personally, I don't, other than Alaska and Hawaii, I don't think there's a city in the U.S. I haven't played. Um, Because it's Brother and Fear days. We used to, our tours were like three months long, and, Every year, we were gone for a long periods of time, and uh, other than you know, real obscure places, but pretty much any big city I've probably been to. But yeah, we're playing New York City. It'd be nice to play there again. I haven't played there since the Assembly God Tour in two thousand one, and uh, I think. can't remember, and getting back to like philadelphia and places places i haven't been in a very long time since the assembly god brother Fury day so it's just exciting just to do that because i haven't been that far out on
0: tour in a long time has it been since since
2: then since you've been on tour uh no i mean i toured a short one with the senior fellows but it was just a little regional thing um and we did the bring in the hammer tour and i don't remember where all we played i'm sure we played new york it all just kind of blends together after a while. It runs together. Yeah, that yeah. was about 2008. <laughs> and we did a pretty good size one, but it wasn't the depth of, um, what, like previously, you know, when I was younger in Brother Inferior Fear days, when we would literally do the United States. And our longest tour was six months and it was like 24 countries. So it was pretty fucking stupid. Break up as soon as that one's done. Yeah. Man, you're like, I hate you. I'm going on home. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, but I'm looking forward just to be on the road. Um, I, I I, do get kind of social anxiety, and I'll end up just hiding in the back of the van through a lot of it. But, but the playing and seeing friends I haven't seen in a long time is always nice. No, so, no. so it'll be a good time. Well, uh, on my notes here, this must
1: be something you put gear plugs at shows. I've heard. Oh, yeah, I would read What's at one a- point
0: that... Someone said that you guys offer free earplugs. That
2: James, that's a James thing, and he, you know, he's he's a paramedic. I mean, he's okay. very big into gotcha. promoting health, yeah. and uh, you know, he's the serious, never serious non-drinker. Never drank a lick of alcohol in his life. Drugs, nothing, you know. And good for him for that. He's and he's just real positive about trying to people be a little more, just look out for themselves, and not be so self-destructive. And the the band all wears earplugs when we play, except for me. I I won't say I can't. It just feels so uncomfortable screaming when it's all blocked, and you it just sounds weird. And but I'll take some for other bands, like when I'm watching bands. The only time I won't anymore wear earplugs if I know I'm just standing in the back, or
3: if it's a band I really like, I won't wear them
2: because you want to just get the whole experience. But other than that, you know, you're playing. With three or four metal bands a night, and everyone's loud as shit, so yeah. <laughs> that ringing in my ears isn't going to go away. But I need to not make it any worse than it already is. <laughs>
0: did You ever try those inner ear?
2: No, I. I don't know. I just never did. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just always got just cheap earplugs. I I need to invest if I'm going to keep doing shit like this. Which fellows is definitely the loudest band I've ever been in. Um, James plays through three cabinets, you know. Two heads and yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous and in, in the best way, you know. Proper metal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um because I always did, you know, all the bands I've been in, if I play guitar I just have a half a half stack and that's fine, you know. Yeah. It wasn't about volume. Like with the shame, it's just you know I don't even like cranking it that much. It's just about trying to have catchy songs and everybody sing along, you know. Yeah, but it's fun. But yeah, certainly I gotta I've got to get some airplugs before we go. Well,
0: you mentioned writing lyrics for Senior Fellows. Yeah. Um, Did you do that on the new album? Like, is everything new? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Lyrically, everything on the new record is me. Um, What will basically happen is James will finish the music and come up with an idea for the lyrics or give me a title or just give me a direction, and I'll take that and write it. And that, that's thats what I'm actually happiest doing, is writing. I could give up playing. I do enjoy playing, but if I had to give up one of them, I'd give up playing. I'd just write. It's funner to me and more satisfying, I guess.
0: Yeah. Have you ever written for other or- people?
2: That was first time. Because um, James and I have been friends forever, you know, and we've been in a bunch of bands together. And I guess after the first singer Dustin left... And I think James was writing a lot of lyrics at that point, but it's not something he was real comfortable with <coughs> or not, not that he, he can, he's, he can do it and they're, they're, they're good lyrics, but I think it's just, it's his least comforting thing about music is he'd rather just, and I was talking to him and he said he had a bunch of new songs, but he didn't have a singer at the time and he didn't have any lyrics for him. I'm like, dude, just give them to me. I'll write them for you. No problem. So That started that. And the next thing I know I'm, Tracking vocals just to show the next singer what it's going to be like, how I want, how I wrote them, and they say, "I'm just doing it." (laughs) So, and you know, we're friends, and I never would have thought that my, you know, I've always been into thrash and faster metal. You know, I'm very much into classic metal, big Iron Maiden fan, and uh, much prefer the real fast, you know, short songs, real fast. But I enjoy it; it's a lot of fun. It's it's different for me, so I guess uh, challenging is kind of nice. Yeah, him and I get on a lot politically, so it wasn't... It's no stretch for me to write lyrics for his stuff, because he gets from... I might be a bit more extreme as far as economically, you know, a bit more Marxist, and so I don't go too far in that direction when I write for him. But, um... The anti-religious stuff, that you know, and yes, I guess I love cheesy religious shit. <laughs> um... That we always we had really good in common, so it's real easy for me to write. For I can just kind of put myself there, and then when I started singing, it was easier because then I just write for myself. So.
0: When your previous stuff like Brother Fear and the mm-hmm. Kids and Shame and everything was that, you write everything like musically too? Uh, not
2: everything. Uh, different bands, different. To Shame, yes, I write everything. Um, you now, occasionally there they can throw an idea at me if, or, or, you know, everyone knows they're welcome to write, but no one usually does. Um, and Larkin, I write all the originals that excluding the instrumentals, which Karen does, um, our fiddle player. And we do some traditional songs, but, um, it's mostly my stuff. And with brother inferior, I wrote all the lyrics 50, 60% of music, Ryan, our guitar player, him and I really worked well together and wrote a lot of that, the music on that. So I would come up with an idea and he would go from from there. And the kids, kids was much more conglomeration or collaboration. Um, Our previous guitarist, uh, Dan Earl, wrote a lot of the early stuff and I started writing a lot later. And Chris would write lyrics, and I'd write some lyrics. Kids haven't wrote anything in 20 years, feels like. Yeah. yeah we don't bother. No one wants to hear new songs from us anyway, so. <laughs> so you guys good. are still together? I didn't know. Uh, I was, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played a show a few months ago. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, um, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like it is with Brain Out the Hammer. I mean, we never broke up. We just don't do anything. And if something comes up, I mean, Chris and I always, you know, we're game, but we don't want to... It's not anything we want to make a regular thing. But if a gig comes up, like last one, I think it was the Vibrator show, and, you know, I was like, eh, I'd love for us to play. It seemed a good fit. You know, so if something like that comes to town, like, uh, it would be perfect for us to play. But, you know, if we can get everybody going... And what's funny is, <laughs> the kids will plan We'll get. We'll book a show and like, oh, it's coming in two months, and I'm like, okay, we should get together and practice. And I was like, Chris, you know what's going to happen? We're gonna. Everyone's going to be busy until the week before the show. We're going to try to panic, get a rehearsal together, and then we'll just say, "Fuck it, let's just do it." And that's exactly what happened last time. We didn't practice, but it, it was fine. <laughs> How long
0: had yeah. it been since the last time you performed together? Practice? practiced? Uh, probably
2: two years between, yeah, something like that. <laughs> But we know This version of the band's been together for Mid-90s So I mean We all know the tunes It's no big deal It's not And who cares if we butcher them I mean It's part of the kids' mystique (laughs) Is the fact that we suck
0: (laughs) Where'd that name come from?
2: I think that was Dan Our original guitar player Because I was the original drummer in the kids it was horrible. It was really... Sh- I was basically shit sandwich on drums. Um, we were just more a noise project and then we got real slow and then we started being more of just a punk band. Um, I think Dan was really high and it just said it and that was that. I was like, let's use that. It just sounded absurd enough for us to use. <laughs> nice.
0: Well, it works because I definitely... You know, I was in high school and middle yeah. school at that time and I never forgot that name. Yeah, time. you I can't. Remember, I... Uh, it's,
2: yeah. you know People don't generally remember it correctly, but they remember it. Yeah. Well, they yeah.
0: always leave out a word, or something. they'll
2: leave out a word or rearrange it. But we know which mean and your close whatever.
1: Yeah, I I remember thinking, well, that's probably the best band name I've ever heard. You know, that's awesome.
2: Because you'll just remember, yeah. It's, it's in the lexicon of band names. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 absurd, <laughs> but it's fun, and uh, I we always enjoyed it. We talked about. I threw the idea at Chris of writing some more just rock and roll stuff. And, but doing it, basically using all the kids, being the kids' members, but not be it as the kids so we don't feel locked in. Do we have to do a certain thing and try to make our sets fun and ridiculous? Or can just be a rock and roll band? I mean, we've got the people to do a good rock and roll band without having to be cheesy and, you know, perverted or, you know, the things the kids do, which is fun. It'd be kind of nice just to and not have to put yourself in that niche and just play, and I've written a couple of riffs and stuff for for that, but I just get too damn busy, yeah. so and uh, that's that's kind of a someday we'll do it, you know. So we'll see, but no, we never broke up. Probably never will. Yeah. Until either Chris or I are totally gone, and even then, we'd probably still doing it at like. Tony Clifton, you know, Andy Kaufman's dead and stuff. <laughs> We're still pulling off a kid show. You're not sure if that's Chris or not, but who cares? Well, um, you know, I,
1: I what I've kind of noticed a lot of this stuff is, you know, the DIY approach mm-hmm. and, uh, talk about how you know, it seemed like back then it used to be the alternative, but now it's really the only way to go. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know? If you're holding out to get any kind of record deal, yeah, exactly. you're... you're <laughs> You're pinning your hopes on, you know, a ghost. It's not a fantasy. It's not going to fucking happen, you know. One out of a million. It's sort of like that high school football player, you know, that thinks he's great. It's like, dude, you're never going to be in the NFL. You're, you're not even six foot tall, you know. And they <laughs> build machines for those dudes, you know. They're just And music, man, and it's such a it's such a scam, you know, any kind of major label. Now, getting on just a smart label and ones that are actually trying to do – Right, and just put out records like the labels I'm on are all fantastic, but that's not what people think about when they think about being signed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, I mean that's why the, I've got my stacks of records over there for the different bands, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so we. I mean, we used to run our own label. And that was Central Underground Ministries. That was Brother your Days, and uh, we had our apartment had you know we put out all the local bands around trying to support our scene. You know, right? And once we got back from the European tour and the band broke up, I just gave my half the label. I was just like, fuck it, I don't want to do it anymore. And so I don't put out my own records anymore, but the labels I deal with are still people that I knew from back then. And it's all, you know, these guys have day jobs, and they're just doing it because they love it. As long as they don't lose too much money, it's all good fun. Yeah, unfortunately, too many people still get that. Dream of that they're gonna make it big, and well, you're not gonna do it. Music like, it's just not so DIY. If you plan out doing it and you want to have fun with it, yeah, if you're not doing it yourself, no one else is gonna.
1: So that's yeah. the point. It's got to be satisfying because knowing that you never, you know, drank for that or gave it or, you know, fell into that trap. And kind of like now being, yeah. See, I knew it. You
2: know, I didn't have any options. No one yeah. was knocking on my door to
3: <laughs> give me money. In.
2: Here's, it. believe me, you want you want to pay me a million dollars and give me a fucking tour bus? I'd really have to think about it. <laughs> You're kidding. Be glad I suck because that's never going to happen. Nah, I, it, it is. I I really liked putting on my own records, but I just don't have uh, the stomach for it anymore i guess and just the time and the patience and yeah it's it's a thankless endeavor a lot of times you know and i'm so grateful for the i think i'm on four labels currently yeah And, and, and what i love about you know in the punk scene is it's there's no you know most of the time there's only i've only signed one record contract actually it's just for one record and it's just, it's basically a handshake deal. You know what I mean? You agree to put a, press a thousand records or however many, you know, and promote it as best you can. We get a percentage of those records. So like we'll get 15, 20%, depending on the label. So, and that's our money, you know, so no money ever changes hands. They press, say a thousand. We get 200 to sell. So whatever we sell is, that's the label that's giving us money. Whatever they sell, they keep trying to, compensate for all the money they put into it and that's how it goes and you, and they just trust us to not release the same record on a different label without checking with them and we've never done that if i wanted to release like a like i'm on a couple of compilations with the shame and we got asked to do like a cd in europe and i asked the la- the, com- the labels that do the compilations i'm like look if those records are sold out and you're not going to repress it you mind if i use that song in Europe I could have done it without asking wouldn't have mattered and they it turned out they didn't care anyway because it sold out but yeah that's pretty much how it's always been in labels and all that at least with the ones I've dealt with and, they, and like no records Albert who put out the Bring On a Hammer LP and all the Larkin and stuff he's always fantastic does exactly what he says he's going to do puts out the records promotes it as best he can and uh, you know if I need more copies all I have to do is text him you know, and I'll get more and give, uh, pay out our money and
0: shit. It's so. great. It's good. No complaints. So uh, I know senior fellows is on vinyl. Do you put everything on vinyl?
2: No. Um, more so now CDs have just stopped selling. Yeah. You know, they just literally stopped selling. Um, not totally. It also depends on the scene. With Larkin. CDs are still more likely to sell because it's more. I I hate to use the term regular crowd, but you know, just not people in any kind of underground scene. Right? You know what I mean? Like you know, we're metalheads, right? Yeah. I mean, you ex- expect a certain you expect it to be on vinyl, hopefully, you know, and a little more catered to the vehicle of which the the music is released. You know, and a lot of like the Larkin crowd, you know, they just they have CD player. They want to buy a CD. They're not going to go buy a record player, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so, but the the last Larkin record did come out on record, um, and it it looks fantastic. I'm really happy with it. And uh, Senior Fellow stuff's all in vinyl, although he does a cassette as well. It's James, yeah, fine. I've got I've got no real say in any of that. I ain't well. I have a say, but he's he's basically the Steve Harris of the band. You know what I mean? It's like everybody, everybody gets input. He does have final decision of what goes on. And I kind of like, I me, I kind of like for the first time being in a band where I don't have to have my hands and everything, you know? So what, whatever we're doing next, it's probably going to be vinyl, but I'm assuming so.
1: Is that kind of refreshing? Just, you know, doing your thing and not having to worry about all that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing both. Um, it's kind of strange that we're leaving for tour Friday, and I don't know anything about it. I mean, I see where we're playing, I see where we're going. I've got the the tour dates, but I have no clue. And it feels kind of helpless. It feels kind of awesome because previously on the Brother and Fear days, Ryan and I booked everything except for Europe. Uh, we had because back then there you know no internet. We had a guy Philip that booked all the European tour and even then he'd contact like he's out of Poland he would contact his guy in Germany he would contact all the places in Germany and Sweden do that and so you know it was big kind of networked out you know Um but yeah I think it's, it's pretty nice like just get in the van and just put on the headphones get to the next city
0: nice <laughs> <laughs> is it just three of you on the van? Nope. there's four of us in oh, the there's band. Four of us. I was thinking there was three so guitar, bass, and drums and me okay
2: And Bring Down the Hammer was three. I played guitar. Okay, that's what I saw. And the leveling, which was kind of a previous version of Bring Down the Hammer, was three-piece. The Shames, well, was three-piece. We're now four-piece. Last year, we added a second guitar player because I fucking can't play leads to save my life. (laughs) I can write them out okay with the real simple single-note stuff. (laughs) Basically go up to the octave and play the vocal melody. That's all I do because that's that's what, you know... It's kind of what Larkin does, but Larkin does it a lot better because we have a fiddle player that knows what she's doing and not me just going ding, 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 ding. And, uh, but now with, uh, yeah, with our second guitarist and I, in the shame, I wanted a guy that could really beefen it up and add, like, kind of a more rock and roll feel. So, Dave Ketter, who's in Triple Fang, play, played with us last year and I'm real happy with how it's gone. We've actually just added a new bass player because Josh just left. And that's all in good terms. He, he, he hadn't been in a band in about 20 years, and so he uh, did five years, got to release records, CDs, got to play some big shows, cool festivals, and he was like, that's plenty, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm like, no problem, cool. Just didn't want the hassle anymore. I can respect that. He hasn't really dedicated, you know, uh, like, kept, just, i would never stopped playing, and it was nice for him to jump back into it, because we played together when I was 16. You know, and a band called Mad Arab, and uh, so yeah. After five years, he was just saying, "Man, nah, it's plenty. I'm done, and that's cool. And we're still good friends. Everything's cool." But Terry Waska, a guy um, I kind of knew from the metal scene, he's now playing with us. He had not played live with us yet, but that will hopefully change soon. We'll probably book, I'll probably book some shows once I get back from this tour. Wasn't he? It
0: was on crack.
2: Yep. Yeah, he was in Asylum, and a lot of those guys. Some of them ended up in pimples on crack and all that. But now he's just like, like the rest of us in the shame. He's, you know, ex metalhead that looks like a skinhead. You know? Uh, you know, it's like we're all metalheads, but none of us can look the part anymore because if I try to grow my hair out, it's sad. It's like what widow, Widow's Peak and a. Crop circle on the back of my head, It'd be like clouds from the scorpions. You have to wear a hat everywhere. Yeah, you got long hair, but you don't really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's had that hat on forever. I know.
2: Just, Just dude, bald. be bald. <laughs> Rob fucking Halford, man. Yeah,
0: there's nothing wrong with. Look
2: tough as nails. Wear it properly.
0: Too bad he wasn't magic like
2: Kevin De Oh jeez. Oh, I know. Like Balding back. in the '80s. Yeah. To yeah full head of luxurious hair that he's not allowed to move his neck and i I hate to say it and it's tacky but when he died my first thought was his neck finally or his hair just finally go down and strangle him (laughs) came on you know just crawled down. (laughs) it just seemed like it didn't fit on him it was something else i don't really know what it was
1: yeah i remember going "Hmm, i wonder what happened there Let me figure it out. Yeah, (laughs)
2: it's best not to ask those questions, because those are answers you don't want to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was it hard juggling three or four acts at once?
2: Nah, uh, because we don't... To be fair, we don't really do that much. Um, Not in a... It's not as busy as... Especially... People have never been in bands, they assume that you're doing shit all the time. And you're really not. I mean, the shame practices once a week, maybe. Larkin almost never practices, because we've been a band for 17 years. When, you know, we, I mean, I've written new songs, we do new songs, but I, everyone's a real accomplished musician, so when it comes time to get to rehearsal, everybody knows their shit. Yeah. And uh, Senior Fellows is definitely the busiest band I've been in a long time. James is very particular. Um, he wants, and I commend him. He's very meticulous, very precise, practice at least once a week, if not more. And, uh, and I've been doing vocals, trying to record the next record, which is a very tedious process for me. Screaming like I do for senior fellows in a very dry room. That's just me. I can barely get through half a song a session you know, and my voice starts to crack. Cause like live, you can get away with it. You can cheat a little bit. It doesn't sound great, but you're still screaming. It sounds okay. But if you actually heard that isolated by itself, you could hear the cracks in the voice and not strong. And, and I, neither of us are satisfied with, you know, after an hour of screaming, you're like, your voice starts to crack. Well, mine does. And I'm just, I'm just getting old, man. But so it, it's, it's, like that half of the, I hate to say it, but that half of the record that I'm on, on, on the last one, Shallow Grave, Um, that took, those five songs took me three to four months. Wow. Just going once a week, trying to get as much as like, I hadn't scram- screamed in a long time though at that point. I uh, You know, I hadn't since bring in the hammer we ended, you know, four years, five years ago. I don't know. I forget. It's all, music is just one big fucking blur, man. <laughs>
0: is this your most intense vocal oh yeah. yeah oh yeah it's
2: brutal um i I enjoy it and when it when it sounds good I'm real happy with it it's harder and harder to get my voice to do that it's you know that's real screamy just brutal because I you know I like all, a lot of you know in death metal and thrash and some a lot of there's a lot of people that do more guttural vocals you know but I always like a little more piercing. You know, not super high like vibrato, but just like a scream. And doing that sounds great when it works. Just doesn't work all the time. <laughs> but I can get through the shows. You know, I mean, I, I can hold back. Not really hold back, but just I, I can get through the shows by. It like I said, I, if if you isolated my vocals from the shows, it, it probably wouldn't sound all that great. But it'll sound good. It'll be good live. It's just like I said, when you're doing recording, it you hear every little screech and, you know, vibrato part that wasn't supposed to be or something, you know, and then it's, you got to nitpick that. You got to get it right. It's, it can be kind of frustrating. I enjoy it, but it's just brutal.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the, uh, oil capital underground documentary. Yeah. Are you involved in that?
2: Only very you, minimally. Um, I'm, I'm aware of it and I, I did an interview for it. Okay. Got um, it but I have no hand in the process of it. I just know the dudes and, you know, I mean, I was around then. So I've talked to him a lot about it and I'm, I think it's great. And, and, you know, uh, I'm sure people will probably nitpick it to death because <laughs> you know how everybody is. Everybody thinks something should be in and something shouldn't be in. And, yeah. And, uh, but I, I think it's great. And every, everyone they've interviewed, I thought was cool. And it was a fantastic part of the scene and a lot of shit that I wasn't aware of because it was, it goes back to long before I was even in there. You know, wow. You know when they're talking about, like, the late N.O.T.A. days, um, I, I wasn't there. When they when they played their last show, I think I was going to try to get up there. I was only 16. It was 1986. And uh, I didn't really, I mean, I was into them, but I didn't know much about them. But, yeah, so then they focus in, like, the late 80s and then the early 90s. And that, yeah, was right I was doing Concept of Nonsense, and then Brother Inferior, and the kids, and all that shit. Because yeah, they had a kid started in, like, 91.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see it.
2: Yeah, time. it'll be, be awesome. pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of cool people, and unfortunately, we've lost, uh, you know, so a lot of people fucking died and gone. You know, you think about those days, and it's just been horrible. Hell, lately, it's been horrible. <laughs> Need another? Oh no, I'm good. I okay. got to drive later on. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs>
1: Thanks, though. True. I work
2: for a liquor distributor. I generally we get we get like on Friday, get take home. Oh, that's home know, beer and stuff. So I, don't. I generally have some around unless I just have a real hard weekend, just knocking them
0: back. <laughs> we uh, we had Dave Cantrell on yeah a few months ago, and he gave us uh, was it Rhythm of Damage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That compilation and had a few, well, I had a Brother Inferior song sure. and a couple of kids' songs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was pretty cool.
2: We actually listened to a way. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I I, I remember <laughs> that, but I don't remember it real well Um, of who all was on it. I mean, there were some good local bands. at the During the Brother Inferior times, we were playing a lot, but I don't... We weren't playing Tulsa that much, and so I wasn't seeing a lot of the other bands that were going on. And kind of when Pitbulls on Crack was around, well, when they originally were around, we were practicing in the same space. And it was more of a skate rock metal band until they started changing members and it became more just metal. And then we were kind of going our different ways. So I really didn't see them that much back then. And I liked them and I was still friends with them. But Brother Inferior was playing more hardcore shows and punk shows. And and we were just touring a lot. So I was gone. Like the whole year, Brother Inferior was our last year '99. I was we were, I mean, we were on tour for six months, I, you know, so I was, I have no idea what the hell was going on in Tulsa, <laughs> other than all, we came back and it seemed like all the kids got onto heroin, some stupid shit, <laughs> that was depressing, yeah, yeah. so much so that's when I created Assembly of God in Oklahoma City, because I didn't want to be in Tulsa that much, wow. so I was commuting every weekend to go practice up there, wow. yeah, it became kind of a hassle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we that was a fun that was a fun band. It didn't last very long, but it was
0: a fun band. Well you mentioned you said twenty four countries with regular Something like that. Yeah. Um you had any good stories or crazy stories or it's
2: all one big blur. I mean it was just cool. Um
0: actually let's see here. Oh,
2: there. That's the European dates that they put these out. Oh that's cool. Um there was just the the state of the scene was really impressive and uh, because everywhere we played they'll we playing a lot of squats but squats are not what you think of when you think of them here where we played a couple and except for maybe like sea squat in new york city most of them were like Junkie dens here you know what i mean yeah. um, but there i mean they're like run by political anarchists or whatever take care of, you know, nice places to stay, have stages for gigs. Yeah. Like copy squats, this big old hotel or some shit that's just been squatted. Punks live all over the fucking building. Out in the, the big lot, there's all these trailers that punks stay in and and they have a huge stage and a couple of bars and it's insane. Brilliant. And uh oh shit. Oh sorry. Oh, sorry. Ghosts. Yeah. Um uh, and uh God, one of the funnest shows was, uh, I think it was in Czech Republic and it was getting near the end of the year. We started the tour in like June and this was in November. So, I mean, we've been out for a while. And uh, we played this like garage thing. I mean, it was pretty good size, but still pretty much a garage. And so many people showed up. They just opened the big doors. And so, and it was, oh, cheers. And there was like, it was snow outside and there was bonfire. And I got carried half off the stage while we were playing. And it was so fun, man. It was just ridiculous. And, uh... Actually, one of my fondest memories is one of the most ridiculous just because the very last show Brother and Fury ever played was to three people in Rostock during the last show of the tour. <laughs> and we all we did was Misfit covers because none of them was there. You no know, one gave a shit. And they were like... <laughs> and the show before that was a Kobe Squad. Hundreds of people. We had to play, like, three encores. It was so fun. And then the last show is like, Rostock, which I think it was Rostock. it wasn't far from Kopi, and I think you nobody know, yeah, you know, everyone was at that that big show, so no one goes the next way. So our roadies and the other band we played. We did a bunch of shows with Antichrist from Poland and Infexia from Poland. I don't remember who else played at that night, but it was essentially just us and the other band and wrote the guys that booked the tour. It was like our perfect send off for us So We just my voice was gone from stand up partying all night after the Berlin show and that was brilliant. Really, I I was just glad to have some days off on that tour when they can't. Well, a lot of our Spanish shows were canceled. Yeah, it was just because the dude that booked it was Flake or some shit, if I remember right. And I was like, ah, oh, I got the days off, so we just went to the beach and just stood on the coast of Spain, I'm sitting here drinking yeah. beer, watching the sun come up, and it's awesome. <laughs>
3: it was all fun. right.
2: I I didn't realize how much I like time to myself as then. After, you know, until once you're on tour, you're like,
3: oh, God, I got to
2: get away. <laughs> and it's not, it's not personal. It's not like I don't like the dudes. I just get mental, and yeah. I can get edgy. And and so, you know, and that's where you know, James understands where I'm coming from. So if we go to, like, a city, even though he doesn't, obviously, I'm not going to drink a whole bunch for a show. I'll have a beer or two. Just if they're going to go look around the city, just dump me off somewhere near the gig. Yeah. Let me just go sit and just unwind, have a pint watch a match or something, yeah, just shut myself off. Or read comic books or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking off my entire Walking Dead collection on tour so I can just reread the whole series. Yes. Yeah. That,
0: that was actually our next our next topic, I think. Oh cool, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just noticed you were a big comic book guy. I'm
2: very recent convert. Okay. Um and that you know, thanking the Walking Dead for that because... Um, I, I knew it was a thing. I mean, I knew it existed and I never really read comic books except for when I was little. Um, and I, not a big, f- I like like the superhero films. Those are fun because they're just big action, shit blown up. Yeah. That's all good fun. And, anytime you get a whole bunch of people getting blown up, that's fun.
0: Yeah.
2: Not really, but watching it on a film.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's clarify that. Um, and I saw that they were going to make, you know, a series for Walking Dead. And I was like, I knew that was a comic book. It's a comic book. Fuck it. You know, i And I just bought the, and I, was, I looked on Amazon. They had the first companion, which is 48, 46, 48 issues of yeah. it in one book. And I was like, well, I'll get that. Loved it. And kind of went into the comic book store and just kind of looked at stuff and saw the same company, Image, said so there was, uh, and I was like, Oh, yeah, maybe I'll buy some. And uh, saw Manifest Destiny, and it looked like some, uh, you know, historical, but there's, like, weird zombie-type things going on. Something horror. I like horror, you know, or sci-fi or shit like that. And so I got in, and basically what happened was I, got, I bought Manifest Destiny and liked it, and, you know, it's Image Comics, and in the back they have ads for different comics, and I just kept seeing ones that look cool, so I kept going and trying these new ones. But I never really wanted to go, start reading something that that I have to go back, like like Walking Dead. Like, I'm fine with going back to the beginning, but I'd rather catch something at the beginning, you know. And this was the first issue of something that's just now starting to come out, so no one really knows what the fuck it is, and start buying. So now there's about 15 different titles I follow. Most of them are Image Comics, and that's just because I just kept looking at ads in the back of, you know, the ones I'm reading when they have ads for the same company. And now I go to Mammoth and... Deal with Sean. Sean's fantastic, and have a pull list, you know. So my pull list. So I go home every Wednesday, see what's new, and, all that. and if he gets something new and that he thinks I like, then he'll uh he'll go ahead and pull it for me. Chicks, you know, it's horror, or, like I said, something hostile, like Men of Wrath, which is just angry guy hurting a lot of people. That's fun. <laughs> You, it's it's sort of like you know, like in hardcore and all that too. You, there's different ways to get out your mental rage that are sane and practical instead of physical. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and I like reading all that. So yeah, that's there. There are a lot of series I like now. Most of them are not, I guess, what you consider popular. Like I don't go buy Batman or Super yeah. Hard DC or even <laughs> Marvel stuff. I wouldn't. I mean, I enjoy the Deadpool movie. I wouldn't mind reading some of those. You know, but I don't really go looking for it. Yeah. You know, although now they're making the... the. I'm kind of doing the same with Preacher now that they're making a Preacher show. I got volume one and start reading that, see if I like it. Oh, it seems alright so far. Cool. You know, and they're making Outcast. Have you familiar with Outcast? I've heard the name. No. Yeah, Outcast is a, uh, it's a Kirkman, Walking Dead, his, oh, okay. his other comic, one of his other ones. And it's a, uh, demonic possession comic this kind of follows this dude so a lot of people in his, and he has kind of some connection with them. there's a whole lot going on that's still exploring all that so it's only like 15 issues in wow. um, and they're already doing a show about it on Cinemax so I'll probably have to get oh, Cinemax and yeah. wait for it to end up on Netflix or some shit hopefully <laughs> yeah, well with Walking Dead on Netflix I hope that Outcast would end up on Netflix because I don't I don't want to pay for Cinemax just for one show yeah but yeah, no, it's a cool comic though. In the art's it's pretty dark. It's not as violent as Walking Dead. It's definitely more story driven.
1: It's, it's pretty cool.
0: I like it a lot.
3: Well,
0: as far as the show, what's your theory? On Outcast or no, Walking, on Dead? Walking Dead? Walking Dead. On who got the?
2: Oh, who whacked. got the? Who got whacked?
0: You
3: know.
2: Man, <laughs> there's there's there arguments to be made for every single character, excluding Rick,
0: right.
2: Um. Because, well, if Kirkman made it clear at the beginning of the comic that this is Rick's story, it's not a zombie story. It's basically Rick's story in Apocalypse. So him being killed, you're 99.9% sure. I mean, yes, it's possible. He might kill him off, just fuck it. (laughs) But I seriously doubt that. Um, Glenn is who it is in the comics. Are they going to be that predictable? There's an argument made for and against, because, you know, the arrow in the eye. Denise, but it wasn't Denise, it was Abraham. Yeah. You know, and I like how they're doing that, but it's not always exactly like Carl got shot in the eye, same way he got shot in the
0: eye, yeah.
2: you know, in the comics. So You think it might be Daryl, but financially speaking, they rely on him. Um, oh, not, no you know, and he's the face of the game. You know, I seriously doubt they're going to kill him off yet. Um, Maggie, maybe? She's already sickly. Yeah. And you'd think... You'd think they're going to go major character, but it could be like Rosita, someone that's been there, but not yeah. a total major character. Uh, if I'm going to go with anyone, I'll say Glenn.
3: Nice.
1: <laughs> I, I like that they shot it with no one there. Yeah. So the cast has no, cast has no idea. That's great.
2: People are real upset about the whole... Uh, and, <laughs> and yes, it's funny. It's like, I, I talk more passionately about shit that I'm not involved in. And stuff. than in. the It's not true. It's just I, I'm much more confident about yeah. other people than I am about what I do. Um, Same
0: way. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I, uh, you know, people were complaining is... Uh, well, people complain about everything. I'm so... fucking... sick... Of how miserable everybody wants to be. Um Regardless, okay, so everyone's pissing and moaning about the fact it's a cliffhanger. What show doesn't? Yeah. Exactly. Lacutus of Borg, right? Star Trek, you're familiar with Star <laughs> Trek. He gets turned into a Borg, Commander Riker is about to blow up the fucking cube that he's on, he says fire goes blank. If the internet was around then they probably would have shat themselves, but yeah. you know, it's a fucking cliffhanger. Even on Scrubs for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: love Scrubs. The episode where they're what uh J D is about to, you know, hook it up with Kim and um, Elliot, you know, is about to get married and they're about to kiss and they don't do it. Well, they're about to, and it goes blank next season. It's fucking Cliffhanger. That's what every show fucking does. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: that's what everything's been forever. I don't know why people got so. Breaking Bad every episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No kidding.
2: Uh, I I mean, of course it's frustrating because you want to know, but that's just. That's Davey Hook. I mean, that's yeah. just what they do.
1: Well, you know, I'm entertained, so then I know that
2: that's. Yeah. You're invested in it. And I get all, it.
1: We're all talking about it now, so exactly. they they know what they're doing. Yeah,
2: go ahead. Quit watching. <laughs> like, anybody's going to care. Yeah. Exactly. Like, anybody's going to give a shit then. You watched baseball instead. Good luck. Good for you. You're right. In a in a sporting match, it won't be a cliffhanger. So you can just enjoy it. Whatever. People are fucking ridiculous.
0: I was kind of leaning towards Eugene just because they made such a big deal about him. Yeah. You know, and he, he knows how to make the bullets. So now they might have to spend next season learning how to make the bullets.
2: Right. Because uh, that well, seems like that's
0: going to
2: be a big deal, man. Just comic wise, they're such iconic characters. I mean, but then again, look at Andrea in the comic. She's you know, yeah, still around. She's even with Rick, you know. <coughs> and uh well, hell, then you got. I'm, I'm curious more, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, I'm fascinated with who got whacked, but more so the, what they're going to do with Ezekiel. You know, because you saw the two dudes on horses. You know, that's from the kingdom. Right, because they had kind of the cheesy armor shit, oh, okay. and that's the kingdom. Yeah. That's Ezekiel and a fucking tiger. <laughs> you know, people. I was, you know, I you know follow Twitter, and so you know, two most miserable places. If you ever you just want to watch people be miserable, <laughs> is Walking Dead Twitter timelines, because you know, especially after the cliffhanger or Arsenal Football Club, because <laughs> apparently these fans. Are the most miserable people on the fucking planet. <laughs> Always complaining about everything. And one guy, I sat and watched and they were like, Oh my God, it's, I'm getting so bored of the walking dead. It's getting just so crazy. People making bad decisions. I'm like, but they're pretty much following the comic. I mean, yeah, there's differences, but a lot of shit they're doing is following the comic. And so if you're already kind of thinking that it's getting too weird, just wait till you meet Ezekiel. Yeah. The dude has a fucking tiger. <laughs>
3: it's awesome
2: yeah. I mean it's fun why, why, you know suspend your it's, there's no zombie apocalypse suspend your disbelief it's a yeah. fucking TV show <laughs> who gives a shit if you're that worried about it turn it off it's just television yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> gives a shit you know what yeah. I
2: mean go play with your kids I'm, Jesus Christ something
0: It's <laughs> awesome
2: yeah, I, I do enjoy it you know and, and I've been watching Fear of the Walking Dead I, I'm not into it as much it hasn't totally hooked me But I've enjoyed, I think it's, it's got a lot of potential in there. And it's, it's, it's still worth me checking in like tonight I'll watch it again or watch the next episode. So we'll see. But I don't, I don't follow too many shows other than obviously Star Trek and The Walking Dead and nothing, not too much new stuff. It's not because there's anything good. It's just, I just don't want something else to obsess about. Yeah, you know, I'm, like I haven't watched season two of Daredevil yet, which looks awesome. Did you watch that season I one? Yeah, but I've heard great things. Yeah, been, uh, I, I think it's fantastic. It's a good story, well done. And I watched the Sherlock's, the BBC series on Netflix, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, each season there's only three seasons so far, and there are only three episodes, but the episodes are like an hour and a half long, so it's like a movie, and it's awesome, very in depth, very in depth, really good storylines. Whole lot in fun, just fun to watch. Highly recommended. Sherlock's definitely worth worth your time.
0: Well, totally different subject. You mentioned Maiden. Did you go to the show? What do you think? I talked to people that say they love Maiden and then go, so you never. I've seen him
2: six times now. Uh, yeah, Sarah even got me that for my last birthday.
0: Oh,
3: wow,
2: awesome! Engraved peace of mind, man. Wow. You see, Eddie, I, all that top the top part. It's actually engraved, Eddie, and all that. That's
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, yeah. I got tickets before they even went on sale. I mean, I'm, I should have just splurged and got floor seats, but I got the best of the shitty seats I could get, which was still fifty bucks a pop. Yeah, but I didn't care. You know, if it was the only time I'd ever seen them, I probably would have got f- close to the front as I could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but the only thing that sucked is we were kind of off the side, up to high. So, we didn't see a lot of the background stuff. I wish I didn't see any of it, you know, but it was still pretty fucking cool either. Um, I, no, I saw them in 1985 on the World of Slavery Tour. That was one of the first concerts I ever saw, too. I mean, that just sells shit. I was already into them, but oh, yeah. that just confirmed okay. it. And uh, then I saw Two Nights in a Row in 87 on the World of Slavery, I mean, the uh, Somewhere in Time Tour. And then I saw them in 2000 when Bruce came back in the band and they did Brave New World. And then 2005, which was the "Give Him Ed, till I'm Dead," which yeah, is a lot of old stuff, yeah. playing Re- uh, Revelations and shit, <laughs> and like, awesome. I mean, I like the new shit. I like I like the new record. Um, you know, is it as good as everything? No, but who cares? It's a good Iron Maiden record. Yeah, you know? it is. It you know, comparing everything to somebody's best work is a bit much. You know, I I enjoy it. It's, it's, it gets listened to quite a bit I even just went to the record store day at Starship and they sold me and to his credit God, uh, one of the dudes that, dudes that worked there had reserved a copy but he ended up letting me buy because he knew I wanted it um, the uh, limited edition picture disc Empire of the Clouds oh, with man. all the yeah
1: yeah you were looking for that Yeah, I'll show it to you for when we're done that's awesome you, can, you can't touch it but I'll show
2: <laughs> it to you <laughs> Wait, you can't even look at it. Um, <laughs> don't soil it with your eyes. No, and it sounds great. You know, I, I, I like having it. But yeah, no, the show was great. Um, we had a good time. I even, I, I work right near the airport, so I left work a little early, got a really good pick of the plane, like, while I was in air about to land. Yeah, we were totally nerding out. We were standing out at the airport, had all my doors open on the car. There was like hundreds of people out there. Yeah. And I'm, you know, cranking the maiden, and just chilling. <laughs> yeah, I've been, actually, that's my most recent work, too. Oh, yes. That's oh, that sounds awesome. awesome. Uh, That's great. Yeah, I'm actually, speaking of The Walking Dead 2, I'm getting from the comic book, the compendium number two cover has a reflection, right? It's got Rick and the gang, and then underneath is Zombie Rick and Zombie everybody. I'm actually going to get opposite this, Zombie Rick's head here. From. so it's like obscure but still Walking Dead Yeah. yeah exactly. it looks cool and I'm yeah. like I have a zombie, I'm zombie but it's like relevant
0: yeah that's the way to go <laughs> <laughs> totally nerd out you know yeah. love it this piece of time your favorite Maiden album uh peace of mind
2: probably yes but I'm more sentimental to Power Slave um mm-hmm. It's weird because I think Peace of Mind consistently is the best record, but Power Slave has more of my favorite songs. And actually, Killers is very sentimental too. Yeah. Um, and I like, I like the Paul years a lot. Um, cause it's sort of like asking, like, my favorite, Maiden song, I'd have to clarify. Do you mean yeah. Paul years, <laughs> early Bruce years, or the new stuff? Because I have all, oh, and you can't really compare them. Yeah. You know, because my favorite songs are definitely like Murders in the Room We'll off the early stuff. You know, just the intensity of Paul's vocals and catchiness of the song. And uh, and definitely Alexander the Great and Tame a Land being Peace of Mind. Uh, Alexander the Great off um, Somewhere in Time. Love that song. They never play it live either. Actually, my favorite songs. None of them they play a yeah. lot. Sucks, but oh well. I don't get to pick their set list. They didn't call, you know. Right. What do you do, <laughs> you know, fuckers? I'm going to protest. You no, know, you're just going to go and enjoy the songs they are playing.
0: That's right. But there was two songs off Power Slide, right? On this. Yeah, on this tour.
2: Yeah, and they played a pretty good selection. Um, and with, into their credit, you know, they they still they write new good songs. I mean, I can't say the ones they picked. Off the new record to play are exactly my favorites. You know, I would have preferred "Empire of the Clouds" being big, epic, eighteen minute piece, yeah. piano, just building and all that. And uh, but I mean, I played some great songs. I m- my the weakest in my opinion on that. I'm just not a fan of the "Tears of the Clown" song. I just it, nothing. To get, I think songwriting's fine. It just doesn't really move me as much. You know, just song wise, lyrics are great. You know, it's fine. But I liked uh in Attorney uh, Fail. it's great. Most of, most of the songs in there are good, so I mean it's like I said, you I mean, does it stand up to peace of mind, Power Slave or Number of the Beast? Number of the Beast is probably also the other just good record all round, just a fantastic record from start to finish, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Power Slave just I mean, it has a couple of dull moments, but there's some songs on there that are just fantastic. Ace is high, you know. Ramini Chick fucking Mary Power slave, the song, power, which they played, which was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of cheated before the show, though, because it was the second night of the tour. Mm-hmm. So I'm lying in bed and I pulled up Periscope and watched the entire set from somebody else's phone oh, wow, the awesome. night, the pre- show before.
1: Well,
0: yeah, he right. was messaging me like, I woke up the next morning and he had like messaged me songs. And he was reading yeah. them off their yeah, Twitter. Because they were, they were tweeting twi- them. Off. I was actually <laughs> yeah. watching them happen. Yeah. On their,
1: on their Instagram. Yeah. You know, every, yeah. Every right. time I knew and they put they'd up do a picture new- for yeah, it. That was awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I stayed up. I had to be at work the next oh, day. Oh, I know. It's like, me too. I'm watching awesome. the fucking show. Because yeah.
2: <laughs> they were doing it as the show was happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and so <laughs> like I was like, a girl that I knew from work was also, she's also a Maiden fan. And, uh, she had told me, that you know, I think it's on Periscope or YouTube or something. I found it on YouTube, but they ended up not playing it for some reason. Yeah. So and I was like, oh, check Periscope. Found it, and I, I I found it right at the end of the first song, so I get yeah. to watch the whole rest. Of the set. Awesome. It's awesome. Pretty fucking cool. I did
3: know not know
2: I did not know that was a thing and or possible. But now that I do, <laughs> every anytime any of my favorite bands are on tour, I'm hoping someone's there with their phone. As much as I hate when people do that. If I benefit from it, and it's Why okay. Why not? <laughs> well, hell yeah. Is would... made in your favorite band? Do it? Made yeah, yeah? yeah, I mean, well, yes, but, like I said, you, there's a whole lot of caveats. My favorite metal band, classic metal band, yes, but, you know, I mean... Because I have favorite punk bands, favorite boy bands, favorite bands from certain years. Right. <laughs> you know, because to compare, you know, Iron Maiden to New Bottle Army to Shane McGowan to Harry Chapin, you can't. <laughs> right. And I love all of them. Yeah. You know, in equally but in completely different ways. So
0: you know. Well, were you in the metal before you were into punk, or was it the
2: other way around? Probably. Prime metal, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely considering myself a metalhead first, even though I did, like, a lot of punk rock stuff, but, I mean, I always leaned more towards metal and thrash. and The faster, more aggressive shit I heard I got into, you know, early with Iron Maiden, and early MTV days when they showed videos, you know, and, you know, Iron Maiden and Priest and anything aggressive, and then, you know, I heard, you know, shit like Slayer and the metal early Metallica, you know, when they were good, um, and then just progressively got more so, you know, anything. then found Cryptic Slaughter, and that just totally fucked me up. You know, shit.
3: <laughs> every song,
2: Million Miles an Hour. Loved it. And gradually, you know, and started finding out more and more about hardcore bands and all that. And realizing, you know, N.O.T.A., one of the greatest hardcore bands ever, is dudes down the street. Yeah. Ridiculous, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, and still, I don't even listen to much, like, classic punk at all. I I enjoy it, sure, but I don't get as pumped by it as I would rockin' the Maiden or something. Man. I mean, I do enjoy it, but like uh I never got into like Black Flag or you know. I mean, yeah, I had a couple exploited records, and it's fine, and I like them. But I, I guess if if there were two shows going on in town, like Iron Maiden and an old punk band,
0: you know, I would probably go to Iron Maiden. With like the early the punk bands you're in, yeah, like kind of just fall into that. Like,
2: uh, yeah, I, mean, I was get I got more and more into hardcore, and with Concept of Nonsense was definitely inspired. Our, our early stuff was pretty much Cryptic Slaughter. I mean, all our first, oh, okay. all our uh, oh, if you listen okay. to our our first tape called Finally, twenty songs, almost every single one of them had the fast beat. Um. Uh, and we had a couple of slower ones, but those were like more N.O.T.A. style. So we were basically trying to rip off two different bands. And uh, the end of Concept and Nonsense, well, in between Concept and Nonsense, we broke up for a while and I was doing Unsociety, which is much more experimental. But we had like three different people writing. So it was coming at a lot of different angles, more punk rock. I was still kind of singing the same. But my vocal style got more and more aggressive as the years went on. And then we started, brother after Concept and Nonsense split up last time, who was playing? The guy playing bass for us was Ryan, and he was much more a natural guitar player anyway. So we were like, "Well, let's just take three of us," which was our drummer Mike, bass player Ryan, and me, because Steve just I don't think wanted to do it anymore, and we wanted to do something different. And uh, which weird because then Steve ended up joining the kids later. All right, so that's all the original concept and nonsense, but. Um, So, yeah, Brother Fear was essentially, and we just got, and Ryan was playing in Nine Iron at the time with Alex, and he joined us on bass as well. So that's how Brother Fear started, was just basically constant nonsense, switched a member, switched instruments, and started writing a little differently, but not too much different. Um, Because at that time, we weren't writing blast beat songs that much anymore. And it just was less metal, because Ryan's style was he's not a metalhead at all. You know, I would, even if I was writing something that was more fast picking, he would end up more punk strumming. He was big into clash and shit like that. So it was kind of cool because I would write stuff and it wouldn't come out near like I wrote it, but it was really good and ended up defining our sound because his style, you know, much more melodic style and I'm just, you know, giving a guitar and beating it to death. But yeah, that's, that's essentially, see, I mean, if, 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 there was a timeline, and just a musical timeline. You could just listen to them and follow how things went. You know, Which constant nonsense, slowing down, started being more just classic hardcore with Brother Inferior. And then even then, we started picking being more thrash at the end. And then I started the leveling, or Assembly of God, which is a little bit faster. And then we did leveling, which is just blast beats and double bass. <laughs> and then when the leveling, our drummer left because it was me and James, you know, at that point, I was playing guitar, he was playing bass, and Colin was playing drums, and then Colin left, he moved, so James switched drums and we started bringing down the hammer, so it was just a total, just following, you know, as soon as one thing was ending, we start another thing with almost the same band doing quite similar shit, just, I liked, I like faster music, and so that's what it was with bringing down the hammer, was just a total conglomeration of Speed, And every time, like, I'd write a slower song, this is, I like spite. It keeps me warm. So when everyone tells me, oh, man, I, I really like that one song, the slower one, I refuse to write any more slower songs. Because <laughs> fuck you, we play fast. So, like, our sets were insane. You can find what's on YouTube. Bring Down the Hammer It's at a live show, and it's a minute and a half long, and it's our first three, first three or four. Five songs from the set.
3: Yes. That song. Next song.
2: Awesome. Our 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 CD. We did a CD. It's two thousand eight, and uh, it's twenty songs in about eighteen minutes. And the only the only reason it's even that long is the last song is a Billy Bragg cover, which is about two and a half minutes long. And what's sad though, so typical, which is why I won't record covers hardly at all anymore. 'Cause yeah, you give some you do a record, you put a cover on just fun, fun play, whatever. And you give the disc to somebody. They're like, Man, that last song, that's a that's a great song. You're like, so the one we didn't write?
3: <laughs>
2: Thanks. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Yeah. I got real bitter about I mean, I enjoy playing covers, like in Brother Fear Days, we cover We're Not Gonna Take It, you know, to a sister, turned to into a punk song. We even put it on the LP, but we didn't list it. Yeah. I didn't want people, whoa, oh, and cover, you know. It's like it's on there, so you see by the record. Oh, yeah. cool. Fun, you know. <laughs> and when we after a while when we were playing it live, people were so used to seeing us that half the crowd would just sit there waiting for us oh, to play it. No. And it's like you don't even really care. You just want to hear Yeah a cover song. Go watch a fucking cover band and yeah. fuck you, I don't want to play it anymore. Yeah, a ton of work. I get it, I get it, make people happy and all that, but that's not what I want out of music. Yeah. I honestly the all joking aside about making it and that shit, you know, not that that would ever be an option. I don't know how well I live with myself if, like, you're one hit wonder, right? And your one song is a cover song. Like you're known. The only thing you're ever going to be known for is because you did someone else's song a little yeah. different. Essentially, you pretty much just piggybacking on their success. <laughs> yeah. You know, fine. If no one ever likes anything I did, at least I did what I wanted to do and played my shit and got to exercise my own personal fucking demons. (laughs) And hopefully, one or two people that listen to it go. That's exactly how I fucking feel. Yeah, and fantastic. You know, it's never going to pay your bills, so (laughs) don't try. (laughs) You know, and just you know, as long as uh, I probably would have gone totally fucking insane had I not had it you know yeah. music and writing and because I everyone has to have something you know because I, I occasionally bout anxiety and depression and that shit and you got to have an outlet you got to have some way that you can communicate that and for some people it's sports it used to be for sports for me until my knees just can't do it anymore or whatever just something that you can fucking express yourself you know yeah yeah you It doesn't matter what it is. Even if it's just playing with your kids and building models or something. You know what I mean? Something. Because if you don't, you just wallow in your... You know, I've had a couple of friends fucking kill themselves in the last few months. Wow. You know, and I don't know... I can't prove that depression was the factor. But I'm sure it had a role to play. And you isolate yourself. And don't allow yourself to just get it out somehow. It's gonna eat you. The strongest man will collapse under that shit. Yeah. I'm just grateful. I've got it. And and I have a feeling at some point I'm gonna end up just me and that, just playing. And I'm totally fine with that too. You know, just old guys sitting in the back of the coffee shop, (laughs) singing angry acoustic songs, yelling at people. Laughing, singing songs about being fucking miserable. It's great.
0: As long as they don't come and tell you they love the, the angry Visible" song. Yeah. You gotta stop doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't
2: tell me don't tell me I do anything well I'll <laughs> stop doing it. No, it's good fun, man. And I I actually enjoy the acoustic music a lot, and that's one thing I really like doing about Larkin is it's something totally different. And I could envision that's music you can kinda of grow old playing. Yeah. I mean you know, the body, I mean, you can grow up playing metal, I mean, but it takes a much stronger will to put on a good live show and get the screamy voice out and yeah, all well, that, uh, you know, it just it just hurts. <laughs> I just, I don't want to party after shows anymore at all. I'm like, is there some fucking sleep? You know, I'll have a beer and then go crash. <laughs> oh, I think we covered it. was awesome. I'm sitting babbling. am oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, man.
0: There you go, Chad Malone. Thanks again for taking the time to do that with us. Very cool interview. Lots of great stuff there, and he invited us over, and we sat down and talked for a little over an hour, and I think it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, super important, super insightful. Uh, just um, a great conversation all the way around. Uh, you know, I-, I loved that. You know, we got on onto like Iron Maiden and The Walking Dead, and You know, that's just kind of what you love is those enthusiastic, you know, music and just, uh, you know, those kind of talks. So it was super awesome.
0: Yeah, once again, look up all this stuff online, Facebook, Bandcamp, Reverb Nation, Spotify. Go buy yourself some some Larkin and some Senior Fellows. And I don't know if the shame's got physical product out, but um, (coughs) excuse me. And, of course, drop some names again, Concept of Nonsense, and Brother Inferior, and the Kids Who Never Learned to Color Inside the Lines, and several more. That's right. That's you right. got to love it whenever, when someone has that much stuff going on, and a lot of it is completely, like from Larkin to Senior Fellows is a huge, you know, a huge difference. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, the shame right in the middle of it. It's just, yeah. it's cool that, you know, someone is active in that. That many different things.
1: Yeah, that diversity is real so important.
0: And it all comes off well. Oh, uh, definitely. So get out there and see any of these any of these bands live when you have a chance. Like I said, senior fellows is hitting everywhere from Kansas to New York City and Virginia and back to Arkansas. So get out there and see them in the next week and a half if you can. That's right. Check us out online at thethunderunderground.com. Follow us on social media, thunder uh Ground on Twitter. The Thunder Underground on Facebook, The Thunder Underground on Instagram and YouTube, Thunder Underground on Periscope, and SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground podcast are also on the website in the podcast section. Everything from, like we mentioned earlier, Lenny Lashley. If you like some punk, if you like the heavy stuff like Senior Fellows, we've had guys from, you know, Crowbar and Battlecross and um, I'm forgetting heavy stuff, but... You know, overkill. Overkill, yeah. And, of course, we've ranged the gamut of Glam Metal Warrant to... um, Shooter Jennings. Shooter Jennings, yeah, just recently. You know? So we're trying to cover it all. If we like it, we'll bring it on.
1: That's right, that's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Deep Underground, we're also selling koozies, and we just got t-shirts in. That's right. Hashtag all killer, no filler. Most of the time, there's filler now because I'm probably rambling. But. That's all right. That's all right. And you know,
1: once again, we're both like under the weather, some eerily at the same time. <laughs> so if we sound kind of like not excited or a little sluggish, please forgive us.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. If you're a friend or a fan of Chad, share this and get the word out. Let everybody hear this stuff and hope you'll tune in again next time. We've also got, this coming week, we've got William Fish coming up. He's the former drummer from Framing the Red. And he's also got a new solo album that's coming out here in a month or two. And then we've got Kyle Gunther, the lead vocalist for Battlecross. We've had him on before, but he was cool enough to come back on again. Yes. And then we've also got a few other things lined up, and we'll be bringing it to you as soon as we can. You're damn right. All right. Until next time.
3: Thunder Underground y'all.